Hello, I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in, in a, a podcast, podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. It's a beautiful day in the podcast hood, a beautiful day for a podcast. I once tried to look up whether Fred Rogers was secretly a bad person, and I found that he is an amazing man, and all I thought was, you're like the best guy ever, Fred Rogers. Good job. He was so good. Didn't, was he, uh, I heard that he was like a military sniper or something, like, had this like... Oh, I can't recall. I just remember trying to see if there was anything about him. Like, are you really this great? And he just was. Well, yeah, there's so many, you know, celebrities these these days that are just turning their backs on us with their bad ways. But he was he's just a good guy. Well, I tend to think my general thought is whenever we talk about famous celebrities, I feel like we tend to wash away any of their humanity. Oh, Oprah becomes a goddess and although oprah's fantastic she still has these human characteristics that i feel like we shouldn't just forget not fred rogers any celebrity like martin luther i mean he's a different person martin luther king jr had issues everybody has issues and i just dislike it when they get totally disregarded and we don't get a full picture of who someone was mr rogers though although he was just a good guy he was great his puppets are awesome i'm he's got that daniel tiger still around Daniel Tiger's still putting out bangers of a TV show that kids love. And Friday the 13th, The King, what a good joke. Well, that, that, was an, that was innovative. And Fred Rogers just seemed like a good person consistently through and through, but not just on TV, but in his daily life. Oh, man. So. Welcome to the anyway. two peas in the neighborhood, your place for all Fred Rogers all the time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're starting a new podcast all about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the ins and outs, episode by episode, starting episode one. That being said, I've watched two episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because it was way too boring for me, even as a child. Let's be honest. Super boring. Way boring. Well, I think I was just accustomed to watching higher action shows like Muppet Babies. Like, those Muppet Babies were crazy. <laughs> That's probably one of the best theme songs of any television show Go listen to that. So I think very highly of like Mr. Rogers, although I'd never really watched this Tailspin, Muppet Babies. Um, Captain Planet. Although that's for different ages. Captain Planet. Oh my goodness. What has happened to our children's show these days? Hey, hey, hey. Let's not go there. Let's not be those old people that make fun of other people's (laughs) shows. Oh, these millennials are wrecking my cartoons. That's not true. I was watching some kids shows when I was babysitting and I was like, hey, these are pretty good. I'd watch these. I like those, uh, that Peppa Pig I've talked about before. She's got some sass. She's got some sass. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is Two Peas in a Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) A Mr. Rogers fan cast. (laughs) (laughs) It's a relationship show from two people that like each other very, very much. Uh, the first part of our show is P's and Q's, where we take a question from our pod squad and talk about it. The second part is the split, where we talk about 
Or you take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking very much forward. I never, I don't know if people know this, but I never really know what Stephanie's going to be talking about until it comes up. So it's always like my, my awe and inspiration is always very genuine. We found that when we knew what we were going to talk about ahead of time, it didn't work really well. So everything is pretty impromptu and not edited a whole lot. We live on two rules. Yes and That's the first rule And then the other one is love um, And those are the two best rules of improv Comedy and relationships So if you can yes and And laugh together uh, With a loved one You will have a good podcast That being said I think last week or the week before We did have a massive fight Halfway in between <laughs> And you had to edit it out Yeah I I do think there'd be like In like 30 years It'll be like Behind the podcast And it'll be like All this like I'm hoping you've deleted All of that I've deleted any record And I think even our fights People would be like That's not a real fight Because We just I think they'd be like That's way too dark For the stuff (laughs) I'm getting here Did did she really just say that? Uh, But we But I think that's part of relationships The ins and outs And listen We're not here to bring you A sad cast We're here to bring you Two peas in a podcast (laughs) So with that Delbert I'm a male in my late 20s. My partner and I are getting married this summer. Smiley face. Problem with my parents is that they're generally a bit difficult, and they want me to invite tons of family. We can't afford something large, and honestly, I don't want a big wedding anyway. I love my parents, but they are generally difficult, and this is just making things worse. How do I respond? That's tough. That's really tough. Sorry about that. First of all... Congratulations, though, on being engaged and having to get married and throwing a wedding. I like, I really like being married. I really I love enjoy being, being married. married. And um, I think, I do think at some point in a wedding planning, there always does come a little bit of attention of who do you invite? Who do you yeah. not invite? Well, and I, I think I want to say ahead of time, there's two things you're actually planning for. One is a marriage. Yes. Which listening to this podcast is great for. Uh huh. So like you're planning for a marriage, which I think should actually be the bulk of your time. Yeah. So like 70%, 80% of your time. What are we going to do when we get married? What do we want to do for a budget, division of labor? There are plenty of books on that. Mm-hmm. That I think should be everyone's primary concern because a wedding is a day, but a marriage is hopefully the rest of your life. Right. That being said... You're still planning a wedding. Still planning a wedding. Now, now Steph, help me help me out with this one. Is I maybe maybe I'm going too far, but part of me thinks is that as a married couple, you got to set boundaries with your parents. Yeah. And I do kind of feel that it's better to do that sooner than later. And maybe just be like, "Sorry, like this is our thing. We're paying for it, and this is just how it's going to be." But I do feel that if they are paying for everything, you kind of have to do with whoever's paying for it. But if you are doing your wedding and this is your day and you're making this happen, you can invite whoever you want and or whoever you don't want doesn't have to be invited. If you want to provide some ways for people to watch, you maybe like live stream it on Facebook or something. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes with those parents, even if they're difficult or anybody, sometimes they just got to suck it up. Just be like, this is what's happening. Well, and I think you brought up a bunch of good points there. One of the first things is weddings are a first symbol of breaking away to parents. Yes. And when you see your kid finally getting getting married, like you start realizing, well, everything I had is now going away. 
And so I think some people try to gain control there and they try to do it in weird ways, trying to control the guest list, trying to do whatever. Mm -hmm. And if your parents are already difficult, you probably saw a little bit of this coming. Yeah. But I think to Dell's point, it's a really good time to talk to your partner about what are the boundaries that we want to set for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because this is not going to end here. No. Um, Especially when it comes to distance. You know, we have we have family that's across America and we've made it pretty like this is what we do so people kind of expect from us of where we're going to be at certain times and things like that but um i do see sometimes if those boundaries aren't set these forces outside of your new family together like start running your life really 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 quickly. quickly and that's you don't that's not healthy i don't think that's any person would say that that's good for a relationship i don't think so so my i mean my quick answer would be like I guess it kind of depends on the relationship that you have with your parents, but I do think that you need to talk with your partner, see what they think, and together start writing up some boundaries of, no, this is what we're going to do. You know, maybe we can strike a deal with the folks. Well, I like that idea too, because then you're preparing for the marriage and the wedding because you're working with your partner on how you want to set boundaries with your parents, which Mm -hmm. is something you'll probably have to do for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. if you decide to keep your parents in. And weddings are great. Planning a wedding is a really good way to, to work on relationship stuff at the same time. It's got, (laughs) it's got money. It's got food. It's got people. Those are the three ingredients in all relationships, money, food, people, and sex and sex. And if you do those things, (laughs) Um, that will help with your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I guess that's what I'm saying. I think you also brought up a good point about the budget. Mm -hmm. Because I believe, and other people might disagree with me, whatever percentage your parents give you of your total budget is how much control they think you're giving them. Like buying a stake in a company. So if they're paying for 90% of your wedding, um, there goes 90% of your control. Yeah, and I, I, I see people kind of resent that. Oh, my parents are paying for everything, so they think they can do what they want. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can. I've had, so when we got married, we had people, um, we talked about food and whether we'd have a dinner or not. And there were some people who were, like, upset we weren't going to have, like, a full course, like, dinner. Like, ugh. I'm like, you're coming to my wedding and getting free stuff. And, you know, people would have these great ideas, like, oh, how about I barbecue or how about I do this or how about I do this? And I'm like, awesome. Are you going to pay for it? Are you going to help out? Oh, no. Well, okay, no. You know, if you're offering to contribute um, your talents and your skills, which are very good, but I'm paying for this with my money that I earned. But I do think if you've accepted $10,000 from your parents and then you're getting upset with them for wanting for them wanting to have a say, it's like, well, yeah, you accepted this money. You got to see Aunt Ruth. She'll be there whether you'll ever met her or not. But that being said, I think one idea that might be feasible is sit down with your partner. If Let's say you're paying for it just for the sake of the argument. Sit down with your partner. Figure out how big you want your guest list to be. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we want 100 people. And then you guys have your list of 50 people. Like, we want these 50 people there. And then the remaining 25, you can say to your parents, they get to pick their 25 and the other parents get to pick their 25. I'd like that. And then if they have an issue with that, you know, they might if they're difficult. But that's kind of Mm. their problem. How do you feel about post-wedding celebration receptions like a month or a couple weeks later? 
So say you have your small wedding, and then a month later, you say, hey, parents, you can throw a party for us, and you can invite whoever you want, and they can come to that. Well, if... So you're... So you're basically saying have the parents throw you a reception that they're controlling after your own wedding. Yeah. Later. Like a month later. I think there I would have a conversation about how much of a boundary you want to have because Mm -hmm. then you're basically giving your parents back control. And at this point, what you're really talking about is control. Mm -hmm. How much control do you want to give these people? And if you feel like you have to give them control then i would allow them to do that Mm -hmm. but if you want to put down a boundary i wouldn't let them do that i think i would i think you could possibly do both because you do your day you do your reception and your wedding and then it's on them and then you could just not show up and all they want to do is have their people over anyway so that would be something i think it's also (laughs) fair to ask like why do they want so many people over Mm -hmm. because if it's we need the social status. That's one thing. Ooh. If they're just really kind and loving people and they're like, oh, I just want everyone to see my kids get married. That's another reason. So I would be interested in why they want all these people there. Because mm, maybe it's not malicious. Maybe it's not malicious. Maybe they just want all their buds there. Yeah. Celebrate with their friends. I did have a friend get married a month ago and they live streamed it on Facebook and it was really cool to see like when they kissed and when they did their stuff and their vows, all the hearts flying across the screen and the thumbs up and you know, the the sermon guy, the pastor usually tells jokes and laughing faces and it was just really fun to be able to experience a wedding that way. Um, and if like, here mom, you can hold up a phone in the back and live stream it to all everybody. But I think this is an area where you and I diverge because I tend to think other people's concerns and reactions aren't my problem oh well that's true like well this is what i want i'm paying for it if you are displeased with that i'm okay if you tell me that but your reaction is not my problem Mm -hmm. if i'm not being malicious or mean to you right but i think you feel differently and you react differently to that yeah i like to try to be as nice as you can but i do think i have a pretty clear understanding of or and empathy towards the money part of it where it's like the yeah. parents are paying for 100% they're literally going to they get to decide they get to decide um and maybe that doesn't maybe that's not fair maybe that's not right or just but i think personally that if i'm paying for it it's my my decision if we are as a couple paying for it our wedding if you two question asker are paying for this and want to do your own thing you just got to do it and honestly somewhere along your relationship you're going to have to disappoint your parents in this way and some way and you might as well just do it now i think the word disappointment oh not disappoint go you can tell me i think the word disappointment is more like no like at some point you have to live your life in a way that's healthy to you and if you're not being mean or malicious to your parents you're not doing anything wrong right not disappoint some there somewhere along the line you're gonna have to create those boundaries yeah like they have to happen and uh, there's no time like planning a wedding to start lay it down. just lay it down it's going to happen eventually these tensions are going to come up to the surface so i think that you know we're just going to do this and you're going to come and you know who this people and these people and it's going to be really great i think you can spin it positively and i think in the end it's going to be a really really good day i think it'll be a great day it is always weird to me though when you hear people talk about their weddings i every single person i've ever met there's always been a different family issue with a wedding mm-hmm. like there's always something that comes mm-hmm. up and i'm i'm actually weirdly surprised at the stuff that some people 
get upset over. But I'm sure when we have kids and they're getting married, I'll probably be like, well, I can't believe they're doing this or that or well, something. You know, we had we got married at a winery. Yeah. And we have some family that's like either they don't drink or they disapprove of drinking. And it's just like, well, you don't have to drink. Yeah. And it's fine. And everybody was fine. Yeah. And it was it was a really good wedding. Well, and yeah, like at some point you're an adult, allow them to be adults and make decisions and have reactions and we're all okay. If we all pretend that we're grownups. <laughs> just for a just few hours. Just for a hours. few hours, it will be really, really good. I agree. Yeah. So I think this wedding's going to be awesome and your parents might be sad for a minute, but they can deal with it and it'll be super great. It'll be good. It'll be very, very good. This is going to be the wedding of the century. I see it. I see it out there. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I hope we get invited. <laughs> <laughs> I do love weddings. Like I, I like going to a wedding or two a year. I feel like it keeps marriage fresh and keeps you happy. And I like dances oh, and whatever. I have the answer. Okay, what you got to do? Okay, go to see your parents this weekend and say, "Mom, Dad, I got this great podcast. You want to listen to it?" <laughs> and then you listen to it, and then they will hear us say these things, and your parents will be like, "You know what? We're gonna let you decide what to do." Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> subliminally use our podcast to get your way mm-hmm. it's gonna be so good well that i think that uh wraps up my section of the not the p's and q's that's the p's and q's no, p's that's, and p's and q's. Q's. that's the p's and q's if you have your um question to ask you can go to our facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast or you can email us at contact ppodcast at gmail.com send us a message like these uh, last few folks have and we'll get your question on the show and we will tackle those very incredibly difficult relationship uh, conundrums and turn them into wisdom and magic. It's the best. Okay, Stephanie, you know what that means. Apparently there's a dead horse in here that does been beating. The split. So this is the split. Sorry about that. So I took a relationship article from the headlines, and now we're going to talk about it. All right. Lay it on me, babe. So, Dell. Yes. Kids these days. Kids these days. They're killing everything. Sam's Club. Killed Sam's Club. What have you heard about teenagers lately? Not oh. gen- not millennials, but they the just, teens. They can't get enough of those sweet Tide Pods. <laughs> They're just eating Tide Pods. No, 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 no. Adolescents. Like, well, I guess that's true, too. 13? 14 they love uh youtube it's just all youtube <laughs> unboxing videos youtube pokemon is pokemon um i think that's younger than adolescents how, how old are we talking adolescents are 13 and 19 oh yeah tide pods i'd say <laughs> that's pretty much it and the um the music awards all those awards that's still a thing okay so today's article is talking about Adolescents. Okay. 13 to 19 year olds. Yes. Okay. And it's talking about, you know, what are they not doing compared to a generation ago? Oh. Well, we were working very hard. We all had jobs. We were. Had I was digging apples out of the snowbank. Uh, I mean, yeah. I we were pulling our bootstraps up and shoveling for our job, working very hard, much more harder than these entitled youths. <laughs> So this article comes from the journal Child Development, Mm -hmm. and it's called The Decline in Adult Activities Among U.S. Adolescents. What is an adult activity? I'm afraid to ask. No, exactly. Go for it. What do you think an adult activity Uh, is? Paying taxes, doing laundry, (laughs) driving a stick shift. 
Fighting about money. Fighting about money. <laughs> Making your bed. Arguing with your boss. Uh-huh. Buying pet food. Um, buying laundry detergent and not eating it. <laughs> uh, um, that's adult activities. So this article was written Golf. by... Golf is an adult by activity. By Twenjin Park, and it was published in September of uh, 2017. Okay. Last year. Very good. So they looked at 8.3 million adolescents. Whoa! That's like a whole country. Yeah. Pretty much uh, between the ages of those adolescents were 13 and 19. And it was between the ages of, or between the years of 1976 to 2016. Holy cow. Yeah. Is this what they, this is not a longitudinal study, is it? Uh, I don't recall. No, I don't think so. I don't think the data set is. Okay. But I'm, anyway, I didn't write that note down. What, what is this about? So they looked at. So there's a lot of stuff in the news about what adolescents are doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... Kids raising kids. I always saw that headline <laughs> growing up. I feel like everything is horrible. <laughs> and every generation seems to be complaining about another generation. <laughs> and I just... It was a few years ago when Twilight was super popular. There was this news story. And they're like, these kids are all wearing like wolf tails sticking out of their <laughs> jeans. And parents were like... These kids think they're werewolves and they run around in packs. <laughs> they had this one interviewing this one girl and she had like her hands up like claws. And was just talking about how like her pack is her friends and everyone was very concerned that these youths were thought they were wolves. It's so weird to me. I'm like, there's good and bad stuff about every age and generation. Let's just have a little. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox. So today's youth. Z- <laughs> compared to other generations Mm -hmm. so the article wanted to look at uh whether teens today are they doing the same stuff that teens of yesteryears used to do i don't know man hoop stick so are they having tie-dye shirts are they drinking more drinking less more sex less sex dating Uh, more dating less working not working okay adult activities Uh, yeah like the actual sex money jobs and so they found that, in summary, today's youth, compared to other generations, are less likely to drink alcohol. What? Date. Really? Have, have sex. No. Go out without their parents. What? Drive a car. Well, okay. Or work a job. Interesting. I've always heard from everyone... Everybody on the internet thinks all of the kids today are terrible and that the world is getting worse. But this makes it seem like things are not that way. What do you know? Whoa. So the article summarized it by saying that today's Mm 18-year-olds are more like yesterday's 15-year-olds. Oh, that's good or scary? I don't know. I don't really have a judgment. I think it's just more of... Like, okay, well, developmentally, this is what's happening in our country. Okay. So what does that mean then? Well, the article talked about some downsides. Okay. And some upsides. Because I have heard of this theory of like delayed adolescence, like because of the economy, because of money situations and work situations requiring either more education or not being as prevalent that uh, we aren't able to grow up as fast because those responsibilities aren't around. Well, so we'll get to that part, but so... You had asked about the downsides of yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. So what are some of the negatives? You're not, no more, not as many parties. Yeah. That's real a bummer. Yeah. Fewer keg stands. I know. They're not going to have those good keg stand stills when they go to college. So some of the down, the basic 
big downside is that they're concerned that youths today might be unprepared for independent living or college. Mm -hmm. So if you make it to college and you haven't had a job, you haven't dated, you haven't done these things that we'd expect yesterday's college students to have done, are you really okay and ready to go? Yeah. I mean, you got Uber. You don't need to drive. But I do think the process of getting a license, the process of applying for jobs, like I do think those are things that are very helpful. Those experiences can definitely give you an edge. Well, and then there's the reality of have you drank? Not not in the part of like get of partying, but there is something with doing, you know, like behaviors without your parents where if you've had that experience, it gives you a set of coping skills where when you mm-hmm. go into adulthood, you've had these experiences. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's a pro or a con, but if you've never done them and then you go into a situation where you can just live independently, it's going to be different. It will be different. But there are upsides too. Ooh, here they come. So one of them is you're protected from sex and alcohol. I feel that. I love, I do, I, I will, I'm going to admit, speaking my truth, I love sex and I love alcohol, <laughs> um, but I, I do them responsibly, and one of those things I only do with you. Yeah. That's the sex part. Um, <laughs> so I do feel that uh, for me as an adult, um, I think that's okay for where I'm at, but I do think when you aren't that mature that it could probably not be good for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to like refrain from judgment, but I do think generally being 13 years old and shwasted is probably not a great time. (laughs) A bunch of drunk middle schoolers just (laughs) running around. It's the worst. Weird. Yeah. Weird. I know, but there's a set of maturity, uh, some some maturity tools that do come as you get older. And I, I, I mean, you're not developed in your brain yet. I feel like just getting crunk all the time when you're 16 15 years old is probably good for your brain well and you know i never really drank till college Mm -hmm. but i did drink when i was underage in college so i'm not like some bastion of great whatever but i remember people getting shwasted in high school and having no clue what was happening yeah Hmm. and you were a good little boy throughout all of high school i was a good little boy and uh, I do feel that when you have maybe like adjacent experiences to sex and alcohol like if um, as a in, in high school that it, it might give you a barometer for what is more normal because I also had friends who never drank and never did uh, like sex or drugs or anything and then once they did get to college and had that independent living they just went crazy yeah they went balls it was to the like walls. yeah I'm gonna drink so much Miller Lite <laughs> this is the best and I'm like mm, nope um so yeah this is really interesting so then one of the other upsides is teenage birth rates are a lot lower. But I, I can't believe it because all I hear on, and like, I'm literally, I'm not being this alarmist type person, but all I ever hear on the news is how kids are the worst, everybody's getting pregnant, the culture's so bad, going down the toilet, everything's horrible. And this is like literally saying the opposite. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think that there's many downsides to having a lower teen birth rate. Like, oh, so 14 year olds aren't having kids. That's fantastic. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Probably better to not have a kid until you're a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's an upside. But then, now we'll get into Dell's part of why. Why? Why is this happening? I always want to know why. So they don't have a concrete answer. They were more interested in the data and comparing, but they mm-hmm. did give two theories. I'm ready for it. The first theory is life history theory. That sounds interesting. And life history theory says that human development 
will be slower when families are smaller, people live longer, and children are safe and healthy. Oh, so you mean if things are good, I don't have to go like work in the mines as a 12 year old? <laughs> no. <laughs> and the, I like, I tend to think that people are like, oh, well, I had to work when I was 12 and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, and you're 60 and still bitching about it. So how great <laughs> was that? Yeah. Like maybe it's great now that people can just go to school and not have to work three jobs to raise well, their family. And, not that, but although some and people you read do those like old books and like Philip, he's like, nine is like working in a giant clock tower or whatever and <laughs> like everyone's dying by age 32 i think i guess it's like when uh, things are more sped up that it's like i don't think that was a good time for kids well and to be fair like there is still a wide range of what adolescents have to do today there yeah. are still some adolescents that have to work to take care of their families mm -hmm. there are some that are millionaires like there's still a wide range but in general Fewer adolescents are now have to work because society in general has moved forward. Well, and, and life expectancy, like when your life expectancy is forty, you kind of have to grow up earlier. <laughs> but when life, what's life expectancy? By the now? time you're five, it's like seventy six, seventy eight. Yeah, like your midlife crisis back in the day was like fifteen. <laughs> you know, so you had to get things rolling. Um, and now we do have more time, and it's just I think that's good. I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's too bad either. All right, what's the second one? The second reason. <laughs> well, the second one is that uh, people now have smartphones, so it means they don't have to go out as much. Oh. Well, yeah. That's true. So I think that can kind of sound like a negative, because instead of having social interaction, which is positive for human development, mm -hmm. um, now you're just on your phone. But mm. at the same time, that's a, I only hear people trash smartphones, and I'm also thinking... Yeah, but what if now that they're on their phones, they're not getting wasted and... Doing drugs. <laughs> doing... Smoking that wacky weed. Yeah. I have heard this, and this is... Uh, we can, I'll have to look it up, but I have heard that the video game, gaming culture and gaming com competitive gaming community has really helped um, kids actually stay out of trouble because now... Oh, totally. Kids don't... Mostly it's like high school age boys, mostly. They're not going out as much, because they are in these network situations where they're playing um, video games, computer games, online, talking with each other. They're still in their groups. A lot of times they can still see each other, hear each other. They're communicating, but they're doing it in these virtual environments. And I mean, we've all thought that that would be the future. Like the Jetsons had like camera phones and we've always thought like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And now that they're doing it, we're just like trashing them about it. It's so crazy. But I, I really like how technology has has its downsides. If you watch Black Mirror, makes you think, oh, right? Crazy. Ooh. But I feel like in general, technology has made a lot of, especially for kids, the possibility for like positive growth and safety. There's always dangers, but I think that uh, I think that these things are really cool. I think so too. And so, in summary, whatever you're hearing about how terrible today's teens are in general. Today's teens are doing pretty well on a lot These of stuff. These teens are great. Just give them a break. Listen, give everybody a break. Listen, we don't. The teens don't need to go work in in the in the mines and in the. They always work at mines, picking up crawfish, all those jobs. Well, and I mean, so it's delayed two years or whatever. So developmentally, you'll just do things two years later than everybody else. The world will go on. You'll just work later. You'll have kids later. Like we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. The world. We've gotten through worse things. We're going to be okay. Things change. 
Yeah. You know, it's a circle of life. It moves us all. <laughs> it's true. Remember who you are. I just trust that the world's getting better. It's a great place to be and everything's going to be okay. You see all the land up there where the sun, <laughs> the sun touches? Yeah, that, that's, that's, I do. That'll be yours someday. Oh, I don't really want it. I don't have to take care of it. <laughs> Not that shadowy Can place. Can I give it to someone? Shadowy place. I've got this uncle. <laughs> that... He's got this look in his eye. Listen, I'm trying to do my Mustafa, <laughs> Mufasa lines from Lion King. Where the shadow is, that's where the hyenas live. That is not yours. Don't go okay. there. And scene. <laughs> okay, beautiful. <laughs> what was your uncle who's going to give you the property? Nothing. Randall? Got the scar. <laughs> <laughs> was Scar's um, name Scar before or after he got the scar? I sometimes I wonder. Or was it that. a birthmark? Because if that's the case, he is way less tough than I thought. <laughs> so I think that about wraps it up for us today. <laughs> Please, I hope so. <laughs> All I'm thinking about is this Mr. Rogers scar. And I'm really proud of you, youths. You know, doing good stuff. Not, good job. Not getting drunk, not getting pregnant. Way to go. That wraps up our show for today. Thank you all for listening. If this is your first time joining the pod squad, I would encourage you go back to where you found this podcast. And we have 44 other episodes that are chock full of hilarity and goodness that you can listen to. And we would love your ratings and reviews on as many of those as you wish. Give us a five star. We love reading those and we'll take them on the air when we get them. So also, if you want to connect with us, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast, or you can email us at contact ppodcast at gmail.com. And that, as they say in the showbiz, is that. Stephanie, anything else? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other very, very, very much. much. Hmm.